Welcome to the club, man. Yo, Okay. I live my life quarter mile at a time. This is the worst day of my life. Worst day of your life so far. He's looking at you, kid. There's no crying in baseball! I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. To infinity and beyond! Welcome to episode 24 of the Heritage Film Club. Today we are discussing the 1969 western, perhaps slash comedy, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hey Mike, roll your trailer. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Well, that ought to do it. Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed. Think there's enough dynamite there, Bush? <laughs> Nothing seems to fit those. This is a robbery. Esto es un robo. Raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling. I always thought I was going to grow up to be a hero. Well, it's too late now. So I just did me some talking to the sun. Listen, I don't mean to be a sore loser, but uh, when it's done, if I'm dead... Kill him. Love to. And I said I didn't like the way he got things done. Sleeping on the job. I never shot anybody before. One hell of a time to tell me. Raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling. Whatever they're selling, I don't want it. But there's one thing I know. They're very good. The blue. Paul Newman, Robert Redford, and Catherine Ross. Well, we're back in business, boys and girls, just like the old days. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. What more can we say? Wyoming, early 1900s. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid are the leaders of a band of outlaws, known in this movie anyway, as the Hole in the Wall Gang. After a train robbery goes wrong, they find themselves on the run with a super posse hard on their heels. The solution? Escape to Bolivia. Welcome to this new episode. Uh, Yep, as we've said, we're talking the 1969 George Roy Hill directed Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. As always, I'm Mike, and with me are Brian. Hello. Jared. Hello. And everybody's favorite, Mr. Clayton. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. Uh, Different cowboy movie. So, Butch Cassidy, runtime of 110 minutes. Budget of $6 million in 1969 money. A box office of $102.3 million. 
1969 dollars. Wow. Damn. Which, if Google is right, and I did click the first link I could find, so it could be wrong, works out to about 700 million in today's money. That's insane. Um, that's like Marvel level. That's a lot yeah. of gold. Low end Marvel level. That's a lot of train cars. That's <laughs> a lot of train cars. Now, that's probably how much a super posse cost. All right. So, Butch Cassidy, um, you know, it was had a slow start, but it came to be critically acclaimed in time. So, speaking of that, I want to throw out the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Do you have a guess if it was higher for fans or critics, guys? It's a tough one, I think, for this yeah. one. Yeah. Critics, but close, I'd say. Fans. I think I think critics, but yeah, I agree. Close. Okay, I'll give you close. Mm-hmm. Clayton is right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> so it was eighty-eight percent from critics. Okay. And ninety-two percent from audience. Wow. Wow. Now I did read Roger Ebert's original review for this movie, and not to disrespect the dead, but screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I okay, so I split this into two nights, and where I organically split it actually was the perfect split point, but I read that review after I'd watched the first half, and I was like, screw that guy. Then I watched the second half, and I was like, okay, maybe I get some of what he was saying now. But anyway, overall, screw that guy. Okay, anyway, so this movie, because I'm going to do a bit of Clayton... Now, just in case people hated this movie as much as Talladega Nights bombed, this movie still holds the record for most wins at the BAFTAs for a single movie. With nine wins, it won every category it could. It had 10 nominations, but one was a dual nomination, Robert Redford and Paul Newman for Best Actor in a Leading Role. So only one could win. Yeah, but did they win Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Awards? I didn't even think that was a thing back then. Um, but I'm going to say um, they were robbed if they didn't. Because yeah. that one scene they kiss in. Jeez. <laughs> Hang on. Um, so, any Wait, guesses? Which version of this movie did you guys watch? Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Obviously not the Disney Plus version. Okay, hang on. I'm so, just comparing it to the, all the awards that uh, Talladega Nights won. Yeah, exactly. So, this did not win an ESPY uh, or anything like that. But of the BAFTAs, it got Best Film, Best Direction, uh, best Actress in a Leading Role, Best Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Editing, Best Original Music, and Best Sound. So being that both of the leads were up for Best Actor, any guesses which one actually won? The Cowboy. Redford. So Brian says Redford. That's Sundance. Butch Cassidy, just to be different. And Clayton. Which uh, was Sundance? Are you Team Butch <laughs> or Team Sundance? <laughs> I'm like team the girlfriend. <laughs> well, she did win my best actress. So yes. Robert Redford was the one who won. And this was his first major movie and a movie that Paul Newman had to fight to get him on because he was an unknown <laughs> and they wanted stars in this movie. Yeah, he was great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Redford. He is so good in this movie. They're both like, great in this movie. I'll they are. Right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was um, up for a few Academy Awards. It won Best Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Score, and Best Song, which was um, obviously Raindrops Keep Falling <laughs> on My Head, written by the one and only Burt Bacharach and performed by B.J. Thomas. 
Man, after all of that, we really, really better like this movie. <laughs> How are we going to look? Yeah, I mean, who are you to argue with the BAFTAs? A record that's held since, I don't know, I guess oh. 69, 70, whenever the awards were after this. You, you know me, I like it with anybody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. Okay, so let's get into it. I um, have some thoughts because this movie used to be one of those, this is a top five movie for me, but I've got some thoughts after watching it now after so long, but I'm not going to go first. So, Jared, what did you think of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? I enjoyed it. I, I generally enjoy Westerns, and this one was, was good. There were some some interesting scenes um, that were kind, kind of weird for me, but overall, I, I liked the story. I like the sort of, I don't know if it's kind of impending dread throughout the whole thing of just being chased and having like a group of guys that are continually hunting you down and not stopping. Hmm. I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, there was quite a few funny moments, which I thought were quite good. Um, acting was great, as you mentioned. Um, first time for me seeing Paul Newman on anything like besides a sauce bottle. But um, I thought, really? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, Dude, I, you've got to watch Cool Hang Luke. No, I, I, I've, he was in Cars, but that doesn't really count. Oh, um, just a voice, but um, yeah, I liked it. Um, really nicely shot. Yeah, it's good. I want to hear what you guys think. Cool. Okay, Brian. Yeah, likewise, I very much enjoyed watching this. I'm pretty sure I'd seen at least some of it very, very long time ago. Oh, um, I thought so you'd seen ago. it for sure. No, so long so long ago, I thought it's in my head that I'd seen it, but I can't recall any of it. So it must have been a very long time ago, just when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Like I say, the, um, you're right about that whole impending dread thing. That was that was my favorite part of it, was that that part of it that goes for a very long time is they're being chased. Um Always been a fan of Robert Redford. Haven't seen Paul Newman in a lot of stuff. I'm trying to remember if I've ever seen him in a comedy or anything which was meant to be a comedy, and I can't think so. And I was really surprised at how funny he was in this. I really liked that. And he um, he really fought to not be Butch after reading the screenplay because he didn't think he could do comedy. And up to that point, his in his opinion, worst performance was mm-hmm. was a comedy. Right. And it was George Roy Hill, the director, who said. Don't play it like a comedy. Play it straight. And Newman was able to find his own sort of wit right. or, yeah. or level of humor. And actually, I think it, he comes across really funny in this movie. Yeah. It actually made, made his character really interesting and really, really endearing. Yeah. You know, and so you, and it's the kind of thing you need, I think, well, I need anyway to care. It's, it's, it's helpful. Mm. You know, otherwise, the, these guys who, who rob trains and rob banks. Yeah, yeah. You really do care for these two guys. You mm, you want yeah. them to succeed. Yeah. yeah. You really you really want to see how it turns out. And I knew the ending because you know, the ending is kind of also famous. But it's like Thelma and Louise. You don't yeah. know you might not have seen the movie, but you probably know the ending. But you know know or know of the ending exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I was I was interested all the way through. And yeah. And it's not uh, like it was like a pure comedic performance or anything, it's just like this no. charismatic guy that happens to be funny. Yes. Yes, his exactly. delivery of stuff, yeah. Mm. But it's the same with Sundance. He's the most serious character of the two, mm-hmm. but actually he's also pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just the, how Redford delivers, yeah. The, the bit where they're at the house, and I can't remember how the line comes up, and you're talking about his about Etta, the girlfriend, and he goes, ah, keeper. Yeah. And yeah, the, when and he says, I'm, I'm here to steal your girlfriend, and mm-hmm. then he just looks at him, scratches his butt, and goes, yeah, take yeah. her. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, just yeah. take her. Yeah. That was a weird dynamic between the three. It really yeah. was. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
For real. Especially with no, I will get into it later, but especially yeah. with no preface to it, it yeah. just sort of happens. Yeah, but um, okay, so. hmm. let's let's get to the main event. Clayton, howdy, did partner. Like, did you like it? Mostly, at least, partly, yeah. at least. Yeah, partly. It was weird. Like it, it, it not my cup of tea. <laughs> I, I think um, I know which parts you're going to struggle with, but but I enjoyed the comedy aspect of it. Good. Like the whole blowing up the train and coming back and re-blowing it up ten times worse. Yeah, that was, that was great. Yep. I enjoyed the chase where the um, posse is trying to track them down, and they employed the um, Indian warrior from the other movie we watched because you know. He was able to track them down no matter where they went. And, um, yeah, I was just like, I was just waiting for the um, chick to get it on with the um, with the friend, eh? Oh, you thought with, there, was a twi- there was a twist in there somewhere? Yeah, I thought they were all just going to get up and just make out with each other and she would just end up with both. <laughs> okay, oh, you, you also clearly heard of a, a version of this movie I've never heard of. No, well, it didn't happen, and I was just, yeah, even when they're on Bolivia and they're, like, um, Sundance and her are in one room and they're banging on the window and Butch is in the other room and they're trying to learn the Spanish. Is it Spanish? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was just like, oh, it's a weird dynamic. They should all just be in the same room. But, yeah, well, it is what it is. But also how they how they are too, Hitter. like, when they're in Bolivia – and she says, and you know, she's obviously fed up. And she's like, you know what? I might go back ahead of you guys, back mm. to home, to America. And Sundance is just like, all right. And then he tells Butch, and Butch is like, all right, let her do what she wants to do. I was like, it's so weird. Like, hmm. they, I don't know if that's because, like, earlier in the movie, she said, don't like don't let me you watch die. you die. Yeah, and maybe by die. that point, they know it's like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. They're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I figured That's it was cool. kind of a, a thing of they're, they're actually they care about her and they yeah along those lines rather than sort of keeping her there and saying well you have to stay with us sort of thing. I figured mm. the same. So mm. it, it was an odd little scene though. Yeah. Um, as an aside, did you know that there's an official prequel to this movie? Yeah, I, I did see it come up on Disney yeah. Plus. I think, and it, yeah. it stars. Tom Berenger as Butch Cassidy and the greatest American hero, <laughs> yeah. William Catt as Sundance. Um, and it is produced or executive produced by William Goldman, who who wrote the movie we're talking about today. So it has some legitimacy, but I don't know, man. Like, no. as they say at the beginning of this movie, um, most of what follows is true. Mm-hmm. From my research, that's not right either. A lot of it's not true, but I think it's what William Goldman has, the period of time he's focused the movie on is the right period of time. You don't need to know the stuff before this. You know? Like, Hold up. You yeah, these... establish you drop you in, right? And you just then they're, they're a gang and it's all happening. And it's, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing the right, to know. Just it is the right point it. to drop yeah. it in there. Is it yeah, based yeah. on a true story? Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid were real people. Oh, okay. But uh, so Butch led a gang, which was actually called the Wild Bunch. Um, they couldn't call the movie that, or they couldn't call the gang in this movie that, because a few months before this movie, the movie The Wild Bunch came out. Oh right, yeah. And so they didn't want to, you know, uh, muddy the the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hole in the Wall Gang. 
Um, I think that's a better name anyway. And Butch's best friend in real life wasn't Sundance. It was someone else in the gang, but Sundance was around. Okay. And I think I read somewhere that Butch Cassidy's sister, when the movie came out, so she was still alive, um, she mentioned to the person who was Butch Cassidy's actual best friend, hey, in this movie, they've turned you into Sundance. And he's like, yeah, that's all right. Makes for a better title. <laughs> Butch Cassidy and the Sundance <laughs> Kids a better title. Okay. Nice. Um, this movie was actually originally called Sundance Kid and Butch Cassidy, which mm-hmm. doesn't have the same ring. Um, but that was when someone else was cast, which we'll go into later. And um, when that person dropped out, Paul Newman was a superstar, so they swapped the title around. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, like, I, I know why I didn't really enjoy it. Um, and I don't know, you can probably ex- explain this to me. When I think of Westerns, yep. I think of only two people. John Wayne, Clint yeah, Eastwood. Yeah, those two. So I was expecting something like that, but I didn't get that. But yeah. It is also a lighter type of Western. It's not really a serious. Mm, it's more comedic. Yeah, but it's not, yeah, so it's like, I said slash comedy possibly, but it's not really a comedy. It, it is a, um, well, yeah, it's sort of a w- drama, but it's just got comedic elements in it. Yeah. So it's it like is. Jared said, it's, it's um, you know, just the lines they deliver, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you want real serious Western, you watch The Wild Bunch, you know, yeah. You, yeah, which is just all, you know, blood everywhere. Um. Yeah, well, Django, the, not the Quentin Tarantino one, the, the original, mm. or, um, mm. you know, Magnificent Seven, or Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, whatever. I yeah. think that's what I went into it, thinking yep. that we were getting, because how oh. you said it was a Western, mm. and and I think that's why I came away going, oh, okay, I don't know how I feel about it, like, it's okay, but it's just not what I was expecting, that was all. Okay, so, I haven't given my thoughts, but my thoughts are going to sort of dovetail with this question I'm going to ask you, because... Did you have issues? Because I know you've um <clears throat> sorry, you've mentioned it before on Thank You for Smoking episode. Um, you didn't like big long title sequences at the beginning of movies. Oh hell yes! So did you hate that in this movie? Yes, because it just kept room. on bloody going and I going really and did. going. <laughs> really did. I completely forgot that's how the movie started. <laughs> um, but then the one in the middle of the movie is the one that annoyed me more. The one where they're on their oh, way the from... The photo America. montage. Yeah, oh, with, when they're going from where they are to Bolivia. Right, yeah, to New, New York. York. And it goes back to sepia and all of that. Oh. Yeah, I hated that. Um, but, um, yes, yeah, so I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that, because I know you don't like title sequences. Um, and that was quite a harsh one. But what I did like about that scene was after the newsreel, and then it, it cuts to Butch... Um, scoping out the bank Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to Sundance who's playing blackjack and it's about to become a shootout because the guy doesn't know he's Sundance. Um, And that's all in sepia too. Yeah. And then it actually doesn't turn to color until they're on the wall, uh, on the way to hole in the wall. It was really odd. I was thinking, is this kind of a wizard of Oz type thing? And it, it does change color. Let's be fair. 
I was thinking, I'm sure I watched this movie in color. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, <laughs> what? Does this, does this change back? Does I was like, Disney back? doing something? Um, completely forgot. So, yeah. almost turned into like Magic Mike with that that <laughs> color, color filter. filter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. yeah, but the the, uh, the female lead in this can act. <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. Yeah. Probably about hey, the same amount of screen time though. Hey, got a question for you. You know, with that scene in the middle where they go to New York, yeah, and then how Wyoming was at the beginning, well, before they went to New York, and then how Bolivia was with the small town that they ended up in, yeah, that New York piece was that like time set, like how New York would have looked in comparison to Wyoming at the same time? Do you know? I think so because I think New York was like a major metropolis. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. it was already a major port in the hub and. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I was wondering that, going, wow, in comparison to Wyoming to New York, it's like day and night. And you well, they see were in why the, they went crazy. Well, they're in what's referred to as the Wild West, right? Yeah. Um, at the we beginning. For a reason. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then they went to like the, um, the more sort of developed areas. But my thing with that, fo- uh, the photo montage in the middle was one, it's extremely freaking long. Mm. And, Two, I didn't like the song they chose over or the music they chose over it. And third, I was like, hang on, you're on the run from the super posse, yet you're sightseeing a lot and doing all this other stuff. I was like, why would you be doing that? Then I realized because they'll have to wait for the ship to um to get there, because it's not like they would be a daily sailing down to South America. And yeah. my geography is not good. And I can't be bothered looking it up where exactly Wyoming is, but was taking the ship really the fastest way? I mean, you had to get all the way to New York. Oh, I suppose if you're on that side of the country, you'd have to go to the other side. So yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit weird. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, well, if you're on the run, why are you going to Bolivia? Why don't you just stay in New York? And maybe it was a case of, I don't know, you go from, I'm only thinking about this now, if I'm honest from all that scenery at the beginning and Jared, you're right. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. And you're looking, I was looking at the country going, this place is massive. Yeah, exactly. It's, sort of, it's enormous and it's open and, and it would almost have been interesting. I think in hindsight to, to see some actual scenes in New York, um, where they're kind of feeling it. And I would, I would have understood it more as to why they were going to Bolivia. Yeah, but he wanted to go to on the run. He wanted to go to Bolivia before they were on the run though. He mentions yeah, it right yeah, but beginning. I'm thinking, but, but you're on the run. It's like, well, he wanted to go to Bolivia, yeah, even before the before the heat was on, kind of thing. I think it was the no extradition. If we go down yeah, there, they but, can't really yeah. do anything. Maybe that's that thing. I don't know. I thought maybe they'd be harder to catch in New York City. Well, the only problem with the non extradition thing is they weren't trying to extradite them. <laughs> they were trying to kill them. They were trying to kill so, them. Exactly. Yeah, we're yeah. just going to send people over there to blow the shit up. <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. I think, I think that's. Uh, we're sort of jumping ahead because anyway, my thoughts are I really like the movie. It it mostly held up to my uh, nostalgia or my recollection of it, but I forgot about those montage scenes, which really for me drag it out of it. Um, love the two leads. Uh, Catherine Ross is fine when she's in it. There's I have no issue with her, um, and most of the supporting cast was really good as well. I like the fact that the super posse was. Um, enigmatic in a way, like you didn't actually get introduced to them, yeah. except through what Butch and Sundance talk about. A hat. 
yeah, the white hat or that Indian tracker we once heard about. Oh no, he strictly stays down there, but it's mm. obviously him. And they find that out in the newspaper. That newspaper came out extremely fast, by the way, because I feel like they're only on the run overnight. <laughs> but anyway. Is that what newspapers were like back then? They're like, named every cop that was after these guys yeah, every like what where the, what they had done that day like listen who these criminals were i would say it's probably not completely unrealistic and i would say that butch and sundance uh definitely in the context of this movie but in real life were by that point i would say very infamous so they would be newsworthy hmm so probably. Yeah. Well, they've got a whole town of people, well, largely a town of people, helping to hide them. Well, well, I don't think it was helping to hide them. I think it was more, we're not going to go after them. Yeah. Well, you know, they've got the guy outside who does kind of eventually sell them out when the person comes back. The other guys come back. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of, it's that whole folk hero I, type thing. Yeah. I, I thought it was a good choice to have the 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 people pursuing them at a distance because then you're you're afraid of them because Butch and Sundance are afraid of them because they tell you so. Exactly. Mm, I thought that was a really interesting way to do it rather than, you know, you, you see the big bad, if you like. Who are these guys? Yeah. How many times did they say that? It's like, yeah, exactly. It was, oh, they it was said it in such a way that it was mm. it became like a running joke, which was actually yeah. still funny. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, yeah. they just they do something and surprise them after they think they've done everything. Yeah. You know, and they've, oh, we've finally got a way to get away from them. Then it gets counted, and what? Who are these guys? Yeah, it's Olivia just so... and the guy in the hat turns up again, and the the white boater or whatever it was. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's um, it's great. But um, I love the scene at the start that we talked about briefly, where Sundance is playing blackjack because it really sets up how um, infamous, I guess, on lack of a better word, uh, he is, because the guy he beats in blackjack who says, uh, you're so good, I can't even see how you're cheating. Then he's about to draw on him. And, and Butch comes in and says to him, um, I can't remember what he says, but Sundown says to him, just uh, tell him to ask us to stay. Hmm. Yeah. And Butch says, just tell him tell him you, you want us to stay. You don't even have to mean it. Hmm. you know." And the guy's like, no. And then he turns and goes, well, Sundance? And he goes, oh, you're Sundance? I didn't realize if I draw, I knew you are going to kill me. <laughs> and it really sets up how, um, well, how good Sundance is, I guess, but how um, dangerous he is. Uh, and, just and the, rep- the reputation they have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone. Yep. Um, you can see it in his face too, because that whole thing's shot and you can't see the guy who's talking to him. You know, it's all from the back. And so you've got the cameras yep. on, on Robert Redford the whole time. And it's just all his expression. It's a complete setup of, okay, this guy's serious. Oh, but he's so good. And, and I love the bit when the, when the camera pulls back and Butch comes in and, you know, it becomes more of the long shot and how Butch dives because he knows exactly what's coming. Yep. And jumps out of the way. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, it was very cool. Hmm. Um, and then moving to, uh, you know, we either get all the nice cinematography as they ride their horses to Hole in the Wall, which is very cool. And all I wanted to do was play Radio Intervention. Red yes. Dead Redemption. Um, Me too. <laughs> when I was watching this, is like, and, and like to Clayton's point, it's not like a stereotypical Western, which would make you go, "Oh, damn, I want to play that game." But still, just the the environments and the locations was just, yeah. oh, "I want to ride through this on my horse on the game." <laughs> um, yeah. But I love the scene 
and it really sets a nice tone or and the dynamic between Butch and Sundance is when they get back to the camp and the big fella, Harvey, I believe his name is, mm-hmm. uh, has taken over the gang. Well, he's, he's been voted the new leader because Butch and Sundance are never there. And he challenges Butch because he said, you said anybody can challenge you for leadership. And Butch is like, because I thought nobody would do it. Mm-hmm. And he says, you've got a choice, guns or knives. He's like, I don't want to shoot you. He goes, right, knives it is. And uh, and then he goes, and then the big guy says to Sundance, he goes, um, you know, I'm not a sore loser. Uh, if if I win, you're welcome to stay. <laughs> and then when Butch turns to Sundance and goes, I'm not a sore loser, but if I lose, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and Sundance is like, my pleasure or whatever he says. Like, oh, it's just so fantastic. And then... You know, he um, asks what the rules are. He goes, there's no yeah. rules in a knife fight. And then he <laughs> kicks him in the nuts and double axe handles him to the ground. And uh, he's still the leader. Um, Clayton, did you like that scrap? You must have. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was quite funny. There's always comedy from a big guy getting kicked in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, all the time. Anyone getting kicked in the nuts. <laughs> so there you go. Unless it's you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never a matter funny. of perspective. That's right. Um, all right. So um, how how uncomfortable were you guys when we're first introduced to the girl and he's like, you think he's like broken into a house and is basically rape her? a raper? Yeah, like, yeah that's geez. creepy, isn't it? It's yeah. so, especially it's when he pulls the gun up and he's like, keep going. Yeah. And is the funny like thing is, some sort of weird kink or something between them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then every time she pulls off a layer, she's still fully clothed. Yeah, and I was like, man, the Wild West was just—you had to be patient. <laughs> Holy How cold crap. is this place? So he, she gets down to what looked like her undergarments anyway. Then he's like, pulls out his gun and goes, like, keep going. She unbuttons it and it's like a full freaking thing under this store. I'm like, okay, I know this is a '60s movie, like in a mainstream movie, but come on, dude. She must have been sweltering in the daytime. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn. Um, but yeah, that she was was a school school teacher in the old west. It was all about respectability. True. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that was really because I forgot where that was going, and I was like, hang on, are they just ruining what they built up with Butch and Sundance and getting us on side? But weirder for me was, you know, you figure that scene immediately because of how it plays out, and then they wake up in the morning, and. Butch, who, by the way, learned to ride a bicycle very quickly. Mm. Yes, it's just been invented and he's doing all these tricks on it. He does the odd wobble, but then he's straight up doing Supermans and bloody riding up on one foot. And I was like, come on. But when he steals her away, goes on this big romantic bike ride with raindrops falling on my head in the background and then shows off to her and everything. I was like, hang on. Sundance is your best friend. Uh, pretty sure that's his girlfriend. Mm. Are you having an affair? Don't know what's happening. It was all bizarre. And um, so that was really weird. And until the scene you talked about before, Brian, when um, when he says, I'm going to steal her, and he says, just take her. I was yeah. like, all right, that's the dynamic we've got. So, But yeah, it was, a, it was very weird. I enjoyed the um, the bicycle part where the guy's selling the bicycle. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, yeah. um, Especially because he hijacks the Marshalls so fast. Yeah. I, I also Googled what bicycle looks like 
in the 1890s when the film was like the time period the film was in and it was somewhat accurate because the big wheel at the front had disappeared and I it's thought you were going to say wheel. that I thought you were going to be like that's not a penny farthing no um, no no I googled it to see if it was like correct and yeah it's somewhat correct for the time period I was like oh that's pretty legit right but still just because you can ride a horse doesn't mean you can ride a bike and do tricks um, on the bike supposedly you can supposedly yeah um, so that was a bit annoying. And Paul Newman did all his own bicycle stunts, except for the one where he goes backwards through the fence. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was gets... about that one. Yeah, because it's definitely it's clearly him and all the other ones. Yeah, and well then done. it's the laziest Paul, because mm. he does decide to charge, but Butch has got time to get on the bike, ride over to Edda, stop, get Edda up on the handlebars, which in itself is a balancing trick, if you've mm-hmm. never ridden a bike before, and then still get away from the ball. So... I love that, like, zoom shot to the bull's eyes. Yeah, that was good. Eh? <laughs> uh, that how Paul Newman, um, sorry, Butch Cassidy blows it a kiss or whatever or winks at it, and uh, then it's all on, theoretically. Um, all right. Keep going, guys. You So I mentioned earlier about the music, um, like, during that, like that little montage and yeah. how this one it was the best soundtrack or something. It's weird because, like, for the first, like, a large part of the movie at the the start, I saw it was noticeable to me that there was no music. I don't know if you guys noticed that as well, but at at the beginning, for a long time, there's just no music, and it's just no the school, sound of yeah. them like walking, basically. Yeah. You really hear a lot of horse, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of galloping and stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of movies where it's been that noticeable to me. Yeah, there was. Oh. Yeah, a quiet place, but for obvious reasons. Hmm. But uh, there are a couple of movies, and it is quite jarring when you realize, because it's more sort of in the back of your mind, you're not thinking about it, but you're like, something's off. And then you realize it's, there's no music, or there hasn't been any score. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit unsettling. And this is not a horror movie, so it doesn't need to be. It's just an mm-hmm. interesting choice. I wonder mm-hmm. if they had a score and took it out. I went, I'm speculating of well course, yeah Per Pekarak is credited for the score in this movie mm. yeah with it was there was like traditional score through the whole thing and maybe as they were going through those kinds of scenes and thought no better off without it that would be an interesting choice so Clayton you obviously have heard raindrops are falling on my head before right <laughs> yeah yeah did you know it was from this movie no I thought it was from um uh is it the Rat Pack one of the Rat Pack movies Oh, so you still thought it was a movie song? I, I never even knew it was a movie song. Yeah, I thought it was like a Sinatra thingy. Right, okay. Doesn't, doesn't he like, oh, that's singing in the rain, eh? Is that Sinatra? No, it's no Gene that's Gene Kelly. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I might be wrong. I thought it was from a different movie altogether. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I Did you actually enjoy that scene? Because I was watching that going, oh, Clayton's going to hate this because it's not even Western at all for these like it was funny i was more like she wants the d from him and she <laughs> wants the d from the guy they might as well just have fucking threesome uh, and they didn't have a threesome and i'm like oh disappointed but what he did when he first turns up and she's asleep and he's riding past the window pretending he's a ghost or whatever that's exactly what you would do yeah, oh, but I'm then, a ghost and all that. That's exactly but then what she voluntarily hops out in her nighty and goes, "Hi oh, there, I'm going to jump on her, or jump on your bike and go for a ride." And then, not only that, snuggle up next to him 
while they're riding. And I'm like, oh, man. To a romantic song. Yeah. She a hoochie, but she wasn't. So I was like, oh. Also, that song makes no sense because it's not even raining in any of those scenes. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing I'm, the point. I'm and, just wondering, based upon what Clayton's been saying here, you know, at the end of these things, we've been doing the whole, we're going to be doing TikTok, we'll do the merch. Are we about to get Clayton fan fiction? <laughs> My. Are, we, are we going to get the Clayton cut of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? I get Four hours. Rated. <laughs> it's just a minute. Four hours with a lot of slow motion. You got a lot of slow motion. And just to put it out there, the night before, he's laying with some other chick in the brothel. So, <laughs> hey. Yeah, both of them. They're like, they're no one in the brothel, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I have a question, and I just want to know your thoughts. And it's going to be sort of a off the top of your head thing because I did not warn you. But mm. if this was remade now, and if it was, I know we'd get to see more of the super posse and all that because that's just how movies are. Mm. But who would you cast as Butch and Sundance? Ooh. I was thinking if you wanted to keep a. It can be serious, but it can have the comedic moments. If you wanted can to I, keep that, I would go, people are going to hate me. But something like Ryan Gosling as Butch and Chris Pratt as Sundance. And now people are going to switch yeah. off and go, screw you, dude. I think I'm <laughs> going to switch off. Yeah. I would I would watch that. I like them both. so it's. They're probably just not uh, old. I well, I don't know. Robert Redford was 30 when they filmed this, so. I want to swap it all together and turn it into like motorbikes or or like fast cars or something. Swap out the horses. Nah, get the rock and um, what's the short guy? Um, The rock and Kevin Hart. Yeah. (laughs) Buddy cops. Awesome. I hate hate Kevin Hart and I wish those two would stop teaming up and stuff so I didn't have to watch. Hey, you got to make a lot of money at the box office. It would, but I would. I would loathe it in my core. Um, okay. I would. If they ever remade this, I would. I would not watch this. I'm not a. I'm not a fan by any means of remaking classic movies. Um. But I think that's partly the point of this, though, is that you wouldn't remake this movie. No, you this wouldn't. Way. And it it, it would. Been. No. I'm, yeah. No. I'm, no. I mean, what, what I mean is that you know we're talking about the pursuits all in long shot. You know, yeah, you yeah. see these guys face to face. Everybody would be demanding. They'd do test screenings, and then people would go, "I don't like it. I can't see the. I can't see the the marshal. Yep. I need to see him." You would never do that now. No. They just don't make them that way because you don't build tension that way anymore. It has to be right in your face, and it would be all the whole would either love triangle thing, triangle thing, or whatever it might be. Um, I think this is a perfect example. I'm on my high horse now because it's a western. This is a perfect example of movies you don't remake. Mm-hmm. You just let it be. Have they ever tried to remake this movie, by the way? I think there's been other Butch Cassidy stuff. Um, but no, they haven't tried to remake this movie. Okay. And like Brian said, they could make a Butch Cassidy movie, but don't remake this movie. So it's sort of like yeah. we were yeah, talking offline. It would be rescripted. It would be, it would be an entirely new thing, right? Yeah, you'd either make it a proper biopic drama, Western, mm-hmm. proper, mm-hmm. you know, no comedy in it. Yeah. Um, or you would do an adaptation, like you said, Clayton, that it, it's not even Western. It's you know it could be set now, but it's basically the story. Mm. But um, it's like we were talking about 
um, before we came on, we were talking about Running Man and how Edgar Wright's going to make a new Running Man movie. But from what I believe, it's going to be based on the book. So he's not going to remake the Running Man movie with Arnold. Sure. Because why would you? It wouldn't work nowadays. Yeah, it's a movie of its time. Yeah. Yeah, Very much so. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, along that same line, Total Recall and the remake of Total Recall. Yep. Was that a good idea? Um, I watched. Did they remake it? Yeah, Colin Farrell. Yeah, was he, and, and it's it's not by any means the same movie. Was no. he the chick with three this, boobs still in it? Oh man, it's been a while. Did they? That's the only uh, pilot total recall I remember, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. They must have made a reference at least to it. I can't remember. I can't remember either. Huh. Look at clearly me asking uh, the important questions. Indeed, you you that's why they to the heart, Clayton. That's why you guys at home all tune in. <laughs> all right, so um, <laughs> I have another um, thing I wanted to ask your opinion on about the movie. Um, oh, Jerry, did you have any casting? Um, no, but I was just looking through, I had actually seen earlier in the week, um, a Reddit thread asking the, exactly the same question as you. What? And um, a lot of people, a couple of people have said Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, Brad Pitt, I would put a Sundance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I would put Leo as Butch Cassidy. Actually, yes. I changed my mind. I want Brad Pitt as Sundance. <laughs> Someone else has also said uh, has also said Ryan Gosling, oh, nice. um, alongside Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, um, see, the problem is the if only, I have Brad Pitt, the other person has to be around the same age. Yeah, the only um, other sort of thing I thought was maybe like Chris Pine or something. He was in um, Hello High Water, which I can almost see. Uh. Like a similar sort of sort of role. I don't like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He, he was he was really good in that, that movie, which was yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. by the way, Jared, um, offline, and I'm just going to keep this. I'm not editing it out. Um, I started watching Yellowstone, Ooh, and right. I'm going to discuss with you. I've only watched two episodes, but it's yeah. like five episodes. So <laughs> yeah, um, we'll talk about that later. It's Western, yeah. it links nice. and yeah. Okay. Um. So right, my question, as I said before. Um, I split this over two nights, and it's an hour 50 minutes. So I thought, I'll watch the first hour on night one, and then I'll watch the the little under an hour for the second night. Just by chance, the one hour mark, or the one hour one minute mark or something, is exactly where the first half finishes, essentially, before the the montage, um, or thereabouts. So the first half is all... The America stuff, the super posse chase, um, the the blowing up of the Union Pacific Railroad train, the the great person who's there to guard the money and won't let them into the, <laughs> yes. the carriage, which we'll talk about he, in a minute. He's dedicated. Yeah, and um, that's cool. And then the the second half is basically Bolivia or South America in general. Mm-hmm. And when I split it into two nights it really felt like two movies almost. And I feel like I enjoyed the first half a lot more than the South America stuff. There's a lot of funny stuff in the Mm. South America stuff when they're learning Spanish, when they're trying to rob a bank by reading the translation off notepaper, Mm. Um, all of that stuff. But I really feel like the first half was the stronger half. I just wanted your guys' opinion. That's really weird because I did exactly the same thing. I split it into two watches. Yeah. 
and I and it was at the point at which I stopped where they've agreed that they they decided that they're going to go to Bolivia yep. or to leave, and she's agreed to go with them. You know, and it kind of splits at that point, and I found exactly the same thing. It almost felt I wasn't sure if I'd broken the rhythm of the movie or the rhythm ryth- ryth- rhythm of the movie changed. Yeah, that's what I thought part. too. Was it me or yeah. was it the movie? Yeah, no, and I, I I completely agree with you. It was it was it was like two movies in that way, and I enjoyed the first half of it much more than I enjoyed the second half. Yeah, for me, that's like, there's a few movies like that, except they're more extreme. So like Full Metal Jacket, I love the first half of that movie, the basic training half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't so much like the Vietnam half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's I- another movie that's more recent um, that was that was like that as well. I can't recall off the top of my head what it was now. But this is not that extreme. This is still Butch Cassidy. Mm. And it's still got the same tone, I guess. But it just... I know something changes. The dynamic changes because they're not being chased anymore because they're going to a new country and they start again. Yeah, maybe, but I I still liked the first part of the first half where they're not being chased. They're just outlawing, and the outlawing parts are really fun in Bolivia. Um, not the same though, way. No, no, I, I, I thought it felt kind of a little bit more enclosed in the second part of it. You know, it's all more indoors. There's less of the outdoor stuff, and it's a bit more. A bit more close up. That probably sounds really weird. I don't think it helped that they put the montage bit in there, and that kind of breaks it up. And the next thing you're back, and I found it hard to pick up the the, the pace. pace of them being of them yep. being out out being outlaws again. Um, yeah, it's true. A little odd. I, I had difficulty picking up the rhythm again of that, especially when they were like, "We can go straight." Mm. But the first thing they do is like, "It's a bank like any other bank. We're going to go rob the bank." And every time they do try to go straight stuff forces them to go back to what they were doing. Yeah. Um, There's that weird bit where they, they get hired as the guards. Yeah, I was just going to bring that with it, with their, they're sort of scoping out where the ambush might be, and the guy tells them, don't be stupid, that you don't get robbed on the way down the hill. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the guy gets shot, and then they come. They end up confronting the bandits, and then they shoot them. And I thought that that whole bit was was really odd to me. It was quite a, quite a tonal shift. So yeah, so when they shoot them all, so I liked it. And the funny thing with that scene is, when they go to ask for a job, the guy, it's almost like he knows who they are. In a way, because um, he even mentions Bandidos Yankees, hmm. and so I'm like, okay, I think he, he thinks they're them, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. but he's not sure. But anyway, he hires them. But then he hires them as the payroll guards. So I was like, okay, well, you wouldn't do that. If, if you knew, you they, knew were, they were yeah, Butch and Sundance. You, right? yeah. um, but, yeah, so that when, when they're coming back up the hill and it shows the landscape behind them, I'm like, holy crap, that, that's a long way to go to bank your money or, or to, sorry, to sell your stuff to get the money or whatever they're doing. Hmm. Did it yeah. take anyone by surprise when the guy got shot? Because it did for me. Like, one shot actually killed him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Because they're really building him up as a, quite a cool character. And hmm, then, yeah. boom. He's not even yeah. wounded. He is that breathing the whole time Bingo he's thing. dead. That was strange. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. But. So, yeah, it's, um, that took me by surprise. But then I did like that they threw the, the money satchels out and ran away, in quotes. And then when the... um the actual banditos came and were counting up their money. 
uh, butcher sundowns just come from the other side and they're just standing there. No guns yeah. drawn. Oh, maybe sundowns did. And then suddenly uh, Butch Cassidy's Spanish is a bit more on point. And, um, okay, I've got a question. Did it have subtitles for the Spanish for you guys? Because it didn't for me on Disney+. Plus. Nope. No, no, didn't. No. And that was bizarre. That was a bizarre choice because there's a lot of Spanish and there's a lot of parts where they're speaking a lot of Spanish. Especially in, in that scene. Because That's not conversational, the- yeah. Because they're speaking in English, and then the um, bandits are speaking in Spanish, and I'm like, what are they saying? Yeah, but it was funny, because basically it's like, to like, tell him it's not our money, and we've got to take it back because it's our job. And he's like, in Spanish, he's like, it's not our money. And they're obviously going, yeah, we know, it's our money. Because mm. we've got the money, um, yeah. so I think it works better without them. If I'm honest, I mean, then you get the comedy out of it, or you know, you kind of you're as confused as Butch is clearly because his Spanish is dreadful. I don't um, mind that part so much. It's more when mm. uh, the army comes in, and or like you know, the little boy sees they've stolen the branded donkey. Mm. Um, when they held up those other guys in the jungle, he runs to the captain or the the police guy, whatever, and says. In Spanish, basically, you know, um, these guys are rustlers or whatever, I guess. Mm. And uh, then the army comes in. And I mean, you can tell because he's saying, like, how many people? And he's like, it's like dos hombres. So I was like, two guys. And he's like, two mm. guys. So you can sort of make it out. But I thought it was a weird decision that there wasn't subtitles because I think that could annoy some people. Yeah, I, I think. From then, I think I would prefer it without them because then, I mean, yeah. if the scene's set up well enough and it was, you know, then, then from all those scenes, you've got the context, you know, you know what's happening. I guess it's the, like the kid, you said, the kid's kind of figured them out and he's gone and he's told the told the cops and, you know. Yeah, and I guess you're supposed there. to be in Butch and Sundance shoes, like you said. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like especially like when they're at the bank, they go into the bank for that first time. And there's the guy speaking to them in <laughs> so Spanish. Right. I think yeah. you're sort of in the in in their shoes, like oh, mm-hmm. I don't really understand what he's saying. I think that's yep. the whole point of it. And he's trying to back away and get out without it looking like he's, he's scoping the place out. And he's not doing a very good job, I think, of not looking like he's scoping the place out. Yeah, the other problem you have is you're the only two white guys down there. So <laughs> not really that hard to find. Yeah. But one scene, I, one scene I'm torn on as well is I like the scene. I'm torn because they should have just played it as a scene and not put stupid music over it and had it with no dialogue was the scene where Etta and Sundance go into the bank posing as people who want to become customers and, you know, wanting to check out how safe her jewelry will be or whatever. And so the bank manager takes her down to the safe and keeps proving that like, you know, you open the store, there's a big steel door behind it. Then you get through that. There's a steel door behind it. Then you get Mm. through that and there's a safe. It's like, Oh, well we're here now. So pull out the gun. That's a really cool scene, but I just hated that they did it as a like a musical number. I, I think you could have done it with slightly more like softer music, maybe or something like that. I liked the, yeah. the comedy out of it, where the bank manager turns around and he suddenly realizes, okay, he's like, "Shit, you're those guys." I just let I just let them in. Yep. Yeah, because as it was starting, and I'm looking at it, thinking, "Oh, okay, they're doing a thing where now they're going in and setting it up so that they're scoping out the bank." But no, this is the robbery. Yeah, that's right, and I hmm. think the problem with it for me was the beginning was so long with her arguing about not mm-hmm. handing over her stuff yeah i was like you could have had dialogue in that part at least and then maybe gone into the music part yeah. but i don't know it was very clever how it was 
like the actual point of the scene. I, I, I like really like it. Kind of, I like how she's involved. You know, she does get involved in doing things. Yeah, like same. That. There's the one. There's the one where she's outside and basically she's on the horse and then she's running away with him. I'm going. Why was she there? Yep. Yeah, this one yeah. she was integral. It's hardly so. a getaway horse because you know they've got horses. But this is how you should be using her too. She's to make herself appear legitimate. Like yeah, you're a husband exactly. and wife it's not, not just like a, yeah, it's not like well, I mean she's she's involved in all of these kinds of schemes and it's not just her being there and you know, just because she's followed them down. Like the yeah. fact that she's actually kind of part of the gang now. Yeah, true. Okay. So yeah. um two big scenes we should probably talk about before we um before we end anyway. So we all like the super posse the super posse chase, the long, long chase, but that is never boring. Mm-hmm. And dread, yeah, and uh, I like the the comedic things that come out of that, like when Butch is finally relaxing and swimming in the waterhole, and he's like, "Just relax, Sundance. No one can track us over rock, you know." And then he's got his hands down on the ground. He goes, "Well," and then you sort of see them in the distance and um, those sort of scenes. And then when they get to the to the dead end. That scene for me is one of the most hilarious scenes in this whole movie. Is where he's like, you know, they're, they're basically ready to have a shootout and potentially die. And then Butch is like, we could just jump. And so I was like, I'm not jumping. He's like, there's no way I'm jumping. And then he's like, what is your problem? He's like, I can't swim. <laughs> And Butch's reaction is so good because he just bursts out laughing and he's like, you can't swim. He goes, the fall will probably kill you. And it's just, oh, it's so good. So classic. I love it. And then the jump looks great. Mm. And washing them down the river is fantastic. And it's, it just looks it's really well shot. It's really nicely done. Did you like the cliff jump, Clayton? Yeah, that was fun. Especially the fact that he was prepared to lay down his life in the shootout, all because he couldn't swim. <laughs> yep. And then in the last minute, it's just like, oh, shit. And he just jumps off the side. Yep. Did, did they go around in a big circle? Because they were chased for a really long time. And yep. then when they finally get away, they go back to her house. Yeah, it is nighttime. So who knows? It's, it's, I figured they're on the run for days, right? Yeah, there's not really a clear sense of time, I don't think, but mm-hmm. it is obviously a long time. Yeah. They just can't outrun these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like the the scenes on the train, Clayton, with the guy who won't let them into the carriage? Yeah, that was like one of my favorite scenes. I really enjoyed that character. Mm-hmm. Especially when he came back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> especially <laughs> the look on Butcher's face when he goes when he realizes it's the same guy. Yeah. He's like, Hey, <laughs> and they're like almost like friendly to each other. It's just so great. And then when they see the safe and it's been reinforced, <laughs> he goes, why did you go and do that? <laughs> and they put more dynamite. Oh, and then, ah, oh, it's so good because you don't know it's coming yeah. and you're just standing outside the train. And, and the whole carriage. It's, oh yeah. I love that the whole relationship between him and the two guys, like, I think at one point he says, oh, I, I would love to give you all of the, the money. <laughs> it was back. my money. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. But he's so dedicated to his boss. Yes. <laughs> and I also like that when it goes back to after the Super Posse chase, they're reading the news article, and it is telling them that um, Harriman from the bank has paid all this money to form the Super Posse. Mm-hmm. 
to track them down and kill them, yeah. which is why they go to South America because they realize even if they're caught, they can't give up. They're going to die. But I love how Butch is like, well, he could just pay me that money and I'd stop robbing him. <laughs> it's like, that's more than we ever stole. And it's like, why would he spend all this money? And it's like, it's a really good point, but it's, it just makes for a really nice scene with Butch just flabbergasted hmm. about yeah how hard this guy's going. Um, I really enjoyed also, you know, once I blew up the train, I yep. blew up the carriage, yep. the introduction of the super posse. Yeah. How it just comes out from behind and then the carriage doors open and then they just yeah. all bolt out. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which they had to do by opening the other side of the carriage off, like out of the shot of the camera with a ramp so the, the horses could run up and jump out. Oh, okay. Because oh. there's no room in the carriage um, widthways for the horse to have any sort of run up hmm. and make the grand jump. So nice movie trickery, but it, it made for a really cool looking. Yeah, very much so. Scene, yeah, it was really good. And you're right. So sorry, Mike, I, I interrupted you before, but you're right when when they blow up the carriage and it just destroys the whole thing. That was that was really cool. Oh, because it was so unexpected. Yeah, yeah. And the awesome. whole carriage is gone except mm-hmm, the wheels, yeah. and they're all they're all blown <laughs> off their feet. And there's there's money going everywhere, and That's they're just r- raining dollars, picking up pieces of money. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. And then when the posse come out, a couple of them are still trying to collect all the money, and yeah. Butch is like, "Just leave it. We're gonna go." Yeah. Yeah. And I just love that every trick they try and pull to shake the posse backfires. Like mm-hmm. they split the team up. Although Butch and Sundance probably should have split up at that point, not for the sake of the movie, but mm-hmm. for a realistic sake of splitting the the posse, maybe. But um, every trick they tried just didn't work. Oh, it's so good. It was really tense, but mm. never boring. Builds really so, well. Yeah. yeah. You get that. You get that. You end up being as frustrated as they are. Oh, man. They, they send the other horse off on, and they're both on the same yeah. horse, and that doesn't work either. And you're just going, oh, damn it. Because they're like, it's going to work. It's going to work. And then, oh, it didn't work. Crap. Well, you see the mm-hmm. nighttime one, especially you see the lanterns split up, and they're like, yes, it worked. Finally. Then the lanterns straight away come back. And they're like, oh, damn it. Who are these guys? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's so. Because you feel the frustration that they're feeling yeah and it's yeah it's great um okay and then we have to talk about the finale when the spanish uh sorry not spanish the um bolivian army talk about overkill the entire army (laughs) the entire army comes they flank the whole town square um on the rooftops around the perimeter basically just stepping over the dead bodies of everyone sundance has already killed up on the roofs and i just love freaking love the scene just before the end um butch has been shot sundance has been shot they're inside the building they're talking about australia it's a great scene Mm -hmm. yeah where he's like you know where i think we should go next he's like don't (laughs) he's like i just don't want to hear it he goes australia I thought you probably actually did want to hear it, so I told you. And he goes, what's so great about Australia is, well, one, they speak English there. And then he's almost sold immediately on Australia. And um, it's just such a good scene. The, the way they've done the makeup, they're looking so just on death's door. 
and, and also they're, ju- they're just shit talking each other like yeah. oh you call that like shooting you call that running yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah. you know that they know they're not going anywhere they don't even know the army's out there but they know they they know they're done yeah. uh, we just have to make it to the horses and so they go okay and they pick up and they run out to shoot I assume still thinking it's just the police and then that classic freeze frame and as the photo pulls out, all you hear is just gunshot after gunshot after gunshot. Do they actually die like that in real life? Um, it's not proven. There is a, um, a memorial or whatever in the town in Bolivia. And that says Butch Cassidy and Sundance. Um, but a lot of people think there's no proof. And I think because there were two graves with the bodies of the people who did get killed in a shootout. And I think researchers did dig them up and conclude it wasn't Butch and Sundance. Mm. Uh, a lot of people think they escaped back to America and that shootout didn't happen with them in it. And they lived out their lives in hiding, you know, cause there was always someone cited them like they do with Elvis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's no conclusive proof that that's the real end, but it's the perfect end to this mm. story of Butch Cassidy. Yeah in this movie and it's exactly the perfect ending. Like Thelma and Louise's ending is perfect because although with Thelma and Louise, they've literally driven a car into the grand Canyon or whatever it is. They're definitely dying, <laughs> but you don't need to see that because no, mm-hmm. that's not the point. Yeah. The point is they flew, they were free. They, they finally were free of everything. Butch and Sundance. It's like, you know, you're going out in a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. And you can't run forever. You can't run. Yeah. It's it's the it's a great ending. Um, I love it. Did you like the ending, Clayton, or was it too um, ambiguous? Well, it's not ambiguous, but is it too, you know, they didn't show enough for you? Or... Oh, he stepped away. Yeah, I think he's gone. Okay, hang on. He's put the little hand sign up. So, um Jared, I assume you like the ending? Yeah, I liked it. It works. I mean, you don't need to, to see it because you know there's no way they're getting out of that alive. Yeah. Do you think, am I right in thinking that they don't know the army's there and they think they're just going out to the five remaining guys or whatever? Because I'm pretty sure they don't know the army's there, right? I'm, I'm in two minds. I mean, that, surely they hear them all riding up. You'd have to, yeah. You, you and then, to think, they're kind of fooling themselves, I think, and just that, you know the whole thing of if we can just get to the horses, yeah, we'll be okay. I think it's just that whole last, you know, last stand. They yeah. they know they've both been shot, so the chances aren't that great. Yeah, yeah well, he has to strap his hand up and then then kind of put the gun into the hand, doesn't he, for for Butch mm. to hold it? Okay, I'm going to say it again: the makeup on those two guys, especially on Butch, man, he looks so just done. Really impressive. Yeah. Um, Clayton, are you back? Yep. Okay. Did you like the ending or not? Yeah, I like the ending. I like how it finished, just with the um, freeze frame. Oh, you did like it? Okay. Yeah, and the sound effects. Like, I, I just assumed that they went out in a hell of gunfire. Yep. Which so I was really surprised did. when you said that it wasn't real, like, in real life, that's not how it happened. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Probably But, not. no, it, it finished the story well because it gave a closure. Yeah, so it's it's another one again. I think just to chip on about this again one more time. Sorry, I said again. If you remake it today, you don't do it that way. You no, know, you, probably. It would have to be all about people. Would it would be well? You have to show it. 
True. You know, it's it's not it's not quite the ending of, ending of the Sopranos where there's that degree of ambiguity in it. This one, yeah, man, how many now. people hated that? I know, so, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and this is kind of my point. It's like you do it today. There's going to be you have to tick that box. It'll have to be we've got to show it, and then they'll be dead. They'll be lying on the ground, and that's the tie a bow around it sort of thing. And I think this is better, much better, better way to do it. And yeah. I'll go back and compare it again because these movies, in a lot of ways, are comparable. Thelma and Louise, I don't know if you get away with that as well these days. Um, yeah. Not that you want to see the fire explosion of the car at the bottom of the canyon. But no, but yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You don't get the subtlety of it, and it's probably just a feeble way to put it, but you don't get the subtlety of that now. It has to be kind of beat you over the head. And yeah, yeah that happened. Now we know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So have we said all we want to say? Because I'm going to go into some I'd, alternate casting. I'd like another yeehaw from Clayton. <laughs> yeehaw! Thank you. <laughs> okay, so there is some alternate casting. I'm just going to scroll through to try and find it again. Um, here we go. Um, so originally, it was going to be, or at one point, it was going to be Paul Newman and Steve McQueen, ah. which makes sense. Because Steve McQueen was that same level at that point, and again they wanted stars in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, it was the title was going to be reversed until he dropped out, and then Paul Newman as the superstar got first billing and a much catchier name for the movie, or one that has a better ring to it, I think. Um, Marlon Brando was seriously considered to team with Paul Newman for one of the roles. This, I guess, is before they decided who was going to be who. Hmm. Don't know it would have been the same movie. Um, yeah. It definitely wouldn't have been the same movie. No. Uh, Jack Lemmon turned down the role of Sundance because of a sketching conflict with the odd couple. Um, and he also didn't like riding horses. Um, so that would have put him way out of this movie. Um, Steve McQueen, as I said, also Warren Beatty was considered for Sundance, which possibly could have worked. Yeah, I could see that, I reckon. But again, in another movie that is sort of comparable to this, Bonnie and Clyde um, definitely has the same sort of ending. We can see yeah, pretty much the same ending. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, I watched Bonnie and Clyde for the first time recently and didn't really like it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't – I think – I don't think Warren Beatty would have been as likable as Redford. As Redford, yeah, totally. I, I don't, yeah. Um, Jacqueline Bissett and Natalie Wood were considered for Etta. Okay. And Dustin Hoffman was considered for the role of Butch Cassidy, hmm. which is interesting, but not totally unbelievable. But definitely would not have been the same chemistry. I'm happy with the casting they, they went with. Yeah, yeah, completely. So glad that Paul Newman fought for Robert Redford because, one, he went on to have a massive career. He won a BAFTA for this. Um, and he's just amazing in this movie. A lot of people love Paul Newman in this movie, and Paul Newman is awesome in this movie. Um, but don't sleep on Robert Redford, man. Hmm. He's pretty good. Okay. 
We got some Twitters. I didn't think we'd actually get any on this because I find that if it's not like a more popular movie, like how we did the raid and stuff, then it's less likely to get stuff. But I got some good comments, so I'm going to read them out. So first up is Punch the Timeline. Our good friend Jared, you can follow them at Timeline Punch on Twitter. I know that went off by heart because we do a lot of cross-promoting. Um, I know for a fact he watched it only a few hours ago before we came in to record. He said, I watched it for the first time today and really enjoyed it. Can't say enough about how great Paul Newman is in this. His favorite part was to jump into the river. Uh, SP Film Viewers, who you can follow at SP underscore Film Viewers, one of the best endings to a film ever. Now, I know you guys like the ending. Would you put it that high up? One of the best ever? I think it's iconic. Yeah. Um, one of the most iconic ever? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I... I... I don't know if anybody's ever done it better, that particular type of ending. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's justly famous, yeah. I like the Fast and Furious ending better. <laughs> no, the, the, you laugh, you laugh. I'm talking about the Fast and Furious where Paul Walker really died and the brother had to seven. step in yep. and they separate the cars. That was better. Okay, all right. That tied a nice bow on that movie. Yes, and it meant a lot. And it had a nice Wiz Khalifa song. It was all very good. Yeah. But it's not... A Butch Cassidy shootout on a freeze ah, frame. But each okay, to their own. Each to their own. All right. Um, Holmes Movies Podcast, who you can follow at Holmes Movies Pod. One of the best films ever made. It's bolstered by a smart screenplay by William Goldman and the charismatic chemistry between Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Beautiful cinematography from Conrad L. Hall. Up there with The Wild Bunch is one of the best post-revisionist westerns. So that is a smart, smarter than us comment, <laughs> and it's very not very good. Um, the podcast that wouldn't die, who you can follow at T Podcast T W Die, a classic. It set the tone for a buddy action movie going forward. I wanted to bring that up too. Like if they were cops, this would be the first buddy cop movie. It's got that exact same dynamic, really, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Madison on the Air, who you can follow at Madison on the Air. There you go, easy. In college, just by fluke, I rented both this movie and Thelma and Louise over the same weekend. Yes, we had VHS and video stores then, shut up. These two movies must be seen together. And she said, um, would love to see someone do a side-by-side comparison. Um, I think Thelma and Louise might come up in ours, not as a side-by-side, but it is a movie worth watching. And Pop Culture Brews podcast, who you can follow at Pop Culture Brews. Their podcast is where we brew beer inspired by pop culture. They said, it's a movie we need to make a beer for. And I would like them to come back on Twitter and tell us what sort of beer that would be, because I'm interested. And where we can buy some. Yes. Or because we post about the movie, which then lit the fire for the idea. Maybe we can get a little hook up. All right. So go follow those people. Thanks, everyone, for your comments and taking the time to either watch the movie or at least reminisce about it. Um, Hey, Jared. Yes. When you were growing up, did they have VCRs? Yes, I had one when I was young. 
yeah. Us again. I, I when I was a kid, all my movies were on um, VHS. Oh, okay, cool, cool. We need the episodic um, part of the show where Clayton wonders how old Jared is. <laughs> no, I know how old he is. Technology was just, available at the yeah. time. Yeah, technology's changed a lot. I didn't know if he grew up like in the crossover between VHS and DVD, okay. like in between that stage. Or Laserdisc, as it was prior. He says, I was born with Betamax and I'll die with Betamax. <laughs> I remember Betamax, man. Betamax. All right. Let's um, let's do the, the round of thumbs, shall we? Because I'm very interested in this. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be Talladega Nights. All right. Jared, how many thumbs? I think for me, uh, one and a half. Cool. That's Good movie, but not quite the two. Okay, fair. Uh, Brian? I'm sitting around the one and a half. I'm pondering whether I can slice that sum a, little, a thumb a little more and go one and a quarter. Oh, you're going down. Just, yeah, just because I, I enjoyed the first half so much. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. I'm disappointed, but it, by comparison, it wasn't as good in the second half, and it, it, a lot of that took me out of it. A bit like the raid. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, Okay, just because you know we're crap at maths, I'll go one and a half. Yeah, cool. Thank um, you. I'm, 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 I'm leaning. See, look at you. You're all about the number. Yeah. I, no, no. I'm, I'm go, more I'm about going, the math. I'm going one and a half, and I don't, I don't really mean it, but I'll give it one and a half. No. So, what do you, what do you actually want to give it? I'd give it. I give we're it not? a one and a quarter. Okay. I'm gonna give it a one and a quarter. Right. But I, the, the bits, the first half of it is fantastic. There's, there's not bits that I, that I actually disliked. It was just something about the tone that took me out of it, and I, I would love for it to have been consistent all the way through. I think I think it is it is a terrific movie. Cool, a good pick. Do you think it counts as a classic? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, cool. now people will be listening to this and going, "How can you give it one and a quarter? What's wrong with you?" Because it's a classic. But yeah, well, I stand yeah. by my number. Okay, so keep writing these down so you can work it out, so I don't have to because I'm not good really? at this, as has been proven on many a past episode. All right. Clayton, you own, you don't do halves, so is it one or no. two or zero? The this should this part should be brought to you by Casio, the calculator of the future. So, the calculator you know. watch of the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Jared, Jared, do you know what a calculator is? <laughs> do you know what a calculator <laughs> watch is? Yes. Did, Did you, you know? have a calculator watch? No, I never had a calculator watch. Did you know you watch? can wear a calculator on your wrist and still tell the time? Anyway, Clayton. <laughs> Casio. <laughs> Go. Um, yeah, it, like, it held my attention in places. Sometimes it didn't. Um, like, go out and watch it. But yeah, I give it a one. Okay. And I went into my viewing going, obviously I'm going to give this a two, but it's a one and a half. And it's those montage. It's that middle montage especially. Yeah. And the change of pay. Uh, I don't know if it's pay. I don't know what it is. Whatever the changes in the South America part, it just brought it down a little bit. It's not to say this is not a, like Brian said, this is a fantastic movie. It's a classic. You should definitely go and watch this movie. I just can't give it the two because those, and, and some of the musical choices in it um, took it down a little bit for me. And I'm not going to get into quarters and stuff. So, so it's no commando. 
<laughs> hey, fair uh, enough. It's no commando. Yeah, it's not apples and apples, dude. But no, it's not. Nothing's commando except for thank you for smoking. Clearly, according to our ever reliable thumb system, um, and the fact Brian wasn't on the commando episode. Yeah, that, that too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> One day I'll watching that, and I'll give you a thumb score on that, and you'll either <laughs> feel better or you'll just throw rocks at me. I think it'll get more than Talladega Nights, but. It definitely won't be a two from Brian. Anyway, so what did that take us watch, to? I could watch the credits of Commando and give it more than Talladega Nights. There you go. Because wow. it's got a good song in it. <laughs> okay, hang on. So does anyone know what the total was there? Uh, Cassio. 5.25. 5.25. 5.25. Oh, that's not that good. Out of, out of eight, which is 65%. Oof, that is bad. But that's how the thumbs work. Oh, damn it. Yeah. We've got to come up with a new well, system thumbs, now. Thumbs yeah. are a flawless the, system. The thumbs are a good system, mate. Thumbs Just are not, stop because there's chasing no way. the numbers. Stop no. chasing the numbers. I'm not chasing the numbers. The audience gave it 92, and critics gave it 88, and we gave it 60-something. <laughs> Stupid thumbs. We've, we've said many a time we don't know anything about movies. Yes. Yeah, but we know just, that Butch we're just, Cassidy... We're just people. We know Butch Cassidy is more than 60%, but we go with the thumbs. No padding. <laughs> so... So chastise us away on social media, which you can do if you follow us on Twitter at Heritage Film Pod, Instagram and Facebook. You can, but I'm not usually there at Heritage Film Pod. Uh, check out our two Spotify playlists, the Ultimate Movie Soundtrack, which I really sorely need to update with some stuff from way back at I say um, at say anything, and our podcast for the show songs and score from the movies we review obviously we're going to get raindrops are falling on your head for this one jared yes definitely and um did i haven't checked it because that's how i roll but what came from talladega nights was it pat benita yes it was for sure yeah and was it uh saliva did you get saliva yes yep they're both in there nice okay so go check that one out as well once you've listened to our podcast and our preceding 26, I don't know. This is episode 24 because we don't count the bonuses in the number system. So there's a couple there. Um, all right. I think that's it. Is that it? Moving what's our, what's our next? Thing to do. Oh, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. But what's our next venture first? Our next, our next non-existent th- venture. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we've covered it. The, the fan fiction. I, I think oh, it's fan yes. fiction. Yeah, right. okay. close to yeah. fan fiction. Not, yeah. not safe for work fan fiction. Yes. Yeah. Good. Now, I'm going to do something which I'm going to get in trouble for probably offline, but I'm going to promote it, and I don't care what you say. Everyone. You're, promote, you're promoting Clayton Rotica? You're, oh, no, no. you're an ass. <laughs> I'm going to say, if you enjoy Clayton, and I know a lot of you do, even though he needs to talk more, so it's good when it's his pick. Clayton does talk more on his own podcast where he reviews books he reads, the episodes are nice and short. They're usually under 10 minutes. They're entertaining. If you like Clayton, you'll like the podcast. Go listen to The Weekend Readers. He's not on Twitter with that one. So just go look up The Weekend Readers. I don't care if I'm going to get in trouble. You are. People should be listening. I don't care. Hey, anyway. It's 100% Clayton. That's two thumbs. I'll yes, that. two thumbs. Yes. Um, Thank you. There you Fully. go. Um, you can follow Brian at Old Fan Yells. He, um, you know, tweets and yes. that, yeah, that's what you do on Twitter. Um, Jared's not on Twitter, so, you know, I'm not, just, yeah, just go and follow at heritage film pod. Um, 
thanks again to everyone who who joined in and we want you to join in on the next movie so we're going to tell you now so you can go watch it then in a week i'll post it on twitter so you've got another warning to go watch it if i'm not wrong it's jared's pick you're not wrong i'm not wrong good so jared what are we watching for the next episode so the topic on everyone everyone's lips at the moment and i know we're all super excited about it we're always talking about it the 32nd olympic games uh opening ceremony is on friday night now um these olympic games one of the most controversial already been delayed a year there's going to be no fans people talking about if it should even go ahead so i thought in light of that i'd do a movie with a bit of the olympic games and a lot of controversy so I've chosen a movie about one of the most infamous and controversial Olympians, and certainly the most infamous winter Olympian. So this is based on a lot like Butch Cassidy uh, and the Sundance Kid. I know what you're going to The uh, mostly true story of American figure skater Tonya Harding, played by Margot Robbie. Yeah. It is the 2017 film I, Tonya. Good man. I thought it was going to be cool runnings. Yeah, <laughs> no, me too. I did. Should have been. Did. Um, a, a different winter yeah, Olympics movie. Yeah, you've been you've been telling me to watch this pretty much ever since this came out, and now you were finally going to get me to watch it. I'd always yes. intended to, and never. You have to watch it, it so now. I'm in. I've good started man. it. Good man. And you, I've never you will finished do. it. So, yeah, Jared. Excellent. Yes. Is this the chick that got her neck sliced or something with a skate or something? Mm, no, that's the, the that's that's Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. Blades of Fury. No, Blades no of Glory? but there was a Blades real life, no, the, the, the real life ice skater, eh? Yeah, Tonya Harding and um, Nancy Kerrigan. Didn't she get sliced open with the skate and stuff? Not her neck. No, watch the movie. Yeah, oh, watch yeah. the movie. Okay. Because, otherwise, it's a spoiler. Claim. And oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, just watch it. Um, I've started and never finished it. Um, and I really like Margot Robbie, so I should have. Um, and it's got um, uh, Alison Janney. Yes, Alison Janney. Yeah. Yep. So, bonus. She's yep. always a good, um, good value. Cool pick. All right. So, thought I'd keep it, keep it on topic of yeah, Olympic Games. Nice. Okay, so there you go, folks. Go and watch I Tonya. You might have already seen it. And if you're a fan of Margot Robbie, what do you got to lose, man? Um, so there you go. Go watch it. Come back. Chat with us on Twitter about the movie, and we'll read out the comments the next episode until then we are out that's the end thanks for listening